0: I always had this vision of me being like this businesswoman, like with a briefcase and like the like, Mm -hmm. Really cute like suit like walking through like the city of like chicago like boss babe vibes And then I was like that I feel like would be fulfilling for like a second or if like I did a photo shoot like that Like yeah, you want to like
1: cosplay the corporate baddie. You don't want to actually like be that
0: (laughs) No, exactly So i'm like that like looks good in like a photo shoot But yeah in my actual life. I feel like I would probably wake up in three to six months and be like I actually hate this And Mm -hmm. so I'm so grateful that I had that foresight and that I realized Mm -hmm. at that moment that that was probably what was going to happen.
1: Welcome, welcome back to the show. I'm Marie and this is Make Bank. And I am so freaking stoked for you to listen to this interview because I got off of it feeling so lit up by the conversations we had. And I just know that you're going to feel absolutely unstoppable by the end. Like the dynamic that we have and the things that we get into are just going to set you on fire. In fact, we did a podcast swap and multiple people responded to that episode telling me that it made them feel like they could run through a brick wall. So just know that when me and this week's guests get together, it's spicy. We have Samantha Daly on the show and she is an expert on the energetics and mindset of reaching your biggest goals. So you already know I picked her brain and got you the nitty gritty on how to energetically go all in tangible advice for balancing the masculine and feminine energies of business, which by the way, I feel like Sam gave the best analogy I've ever heard for this because sometimes it just gets very ambiguous and hard to pin down we also talked about how to take up space and be polarizing and unapologetic in order to magnetize the clients and results that you want and we also had a spicy chat about embracing failure as part of the process of growth Again, I just know that this episode is going to set you on fire. You're going to love Samantha's takes in this interview. And in case you haven't met her, Samantha Daly is a spiritual business and mindset coach, certified past life regression practitioner, and top podcast host from New York. Her journey into the world of self-development began after she graduated college and decided to take the untraditional path by turning down her corporate job offers and moving to Europe. She packed her life into two suitcases and left everything behind to explore the world, expand her mind, and find her Purpose. Now, as a professional coach, she helps women all over the world rewire their subconscious minds, build successful businesses, attract love and money, and manifest their dreams by empowering them with elite mindset tools and powerful daily rituals. She has such great insights, really tangible advice, which I feel like can be hard to find from the spiritual and mindset-driven coaches, and I know you are going to love this episode, so let's get into it. Hello, hello, Sam. Welcome to Make Banks. So stoked you're here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Yeah, this is going to be so good. As I was like brainstorming how I wanted to do this interview, there were so many different directions that I could have taken it. And I love to like creep my guests' Instagrams before as I'm prepping, just be like, what are they talking about? Like, what are they into right now? And there was so much to pull from. I had a very hard time like narrowing down like focusing where where this conversation was going to go so i'm <laughs> I'm excited, yeah, amazing. So diving like right in, I want you to give us like your kind of origin story because you have honestly a really similar. Path to me where like you graduated college and then you're like, "Mm, I'm not gonna like do the normal thing. I'm gonna go in all in on my own thing. And people are probably gonna think I'm crazy, but like I'm just gonna do me. And I resonate so much with that story. And I think so many people get a ton of value from just the idea of like going all in on yourself and making your own rules. So I would love for you to give us that like origin story of how you became an entrepreneur. Why you decided to go on an unconventional path post college. Just like paint that picture for us.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'll try to give like the summarized version because your girl loves to talk. So this could be really long, but we're going to, we're going to keep it nice and tidy. So, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people in our space kind of talk about like wanting to leave the nine to five or building a coaching business to escape that world but like you I never really got even got that far
1: yeah <laughs> i yeah. kind of
0: like dipped before I even like really got there. So yeah, we have similarities in, in that sense. And I think what, what ultimately happened for me was when I was a junior in college, I studied abroad in Spain. Mm-hmm. And so I did a semester in Europe and I was like traveling and partying and having so much fun. And Spanish was, Spanish language was something that I had studied for a long time. So it was a goal to like become fluent and I was just having fun. So I didn't much know that fun. we had that
1: in common too. Cause I have oh, a Spanish really? minor. Like I studied Spanish <gasps> for like my entire academic life.
0: Yeah, same. Since I was in seventh reason. grade and then and then I minored yeah. in it in, in college. Yeah. So the reason I minored in it was because I was like, if I keep studying it, my parents will have like a reason that they have to back oh my me God. to like be able to go study abroad. It was like played so Played the devious. long game. I love that. <laughs> Literally played the long game from the beginning, from the beginning. So I'm very familiar with the long game with things. So. Mm. But yeah, that was the goal because I'm a Sagittarius, always wanted to travel, but like grew up in a family where like we didn't do a lot of international travel, but I was just Mm -hmm. so itching to go places and see the world. And so Mm -hmm. when I was on that study abroad trip, I was like so expanded and I was like really in my element. I was having the most fun of my life and I met this guy. And I wasn't trying to like date or have a relationship at all, but we were seeing each other for several months while I was there. And it was very much like this like Lizzie McGuire movie type thing. Like Mm -hmm. I met this guy and we're running around the city together and drinking wine and hooking up and just having so much fun. And then that all ended and I had to leave. And when I went back home, it was summertime. And so I had to get into my internship for the year and I was in Chicago or outside of Chicago in like the suburbs. And I felt so alone because it had been so long since I'd seen any of my friends from from Mm -hmm. college because I was just abroad the semester before. Also the come
1: down from an experience like that is like, even just post like a week of vacation, I am like depressed. So Thinking about being somewhere for a whole semester and, like, having the time of my life and then going back to America and
0: being like, well, this is my life again. <laughs> and also to, like, a new place that you've never been to with all these people that you've never met and, like, a boring, yeah. like, corporate job, like, in a cubicle. And you're, yeah. like, living in this apartment with a stranger who you don't know. And you're like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. like, I'm questioning everything, right? Yeah. yeah. So That was very much the energy that summer in Chicago. I was just questioning everything. And I really thought that like I was never going to see this guy again and never talk to him again. And I had no intentions to, but his birthday was like very shortly after I left. And so I sent him a message just to wish him a happy birthday. And everybody knows how that goes. So... Then we just kept talking and and that really kind of got me thinking like, what do I really want out of life? And I was in this cubicle job and I saw, you know, my boss who was like in his 40s or 50s and he was like in a cubicle just like me. And I was like – wow. Okay. So like, that's what I have to look forward to. Cause I think we all start out. That's the trajectory you're on currently. Exactly. Like that's, I mean, that's what they tell you, right? Like look to the people above you in your company. And if you don't want that job and if you don't want that life, then you probably need to pivot or like make a change. Mm -hmm. Cause that's like, what's next. That's what's available. And it was just Mm -hmm. like this awakening thing of like, holy shit. Like I actually don't, Want that. At least I don't want that right now. I don't know what I want anymore. So I'd been studying marketing and PR. And I was like, I always had this vision of me being like this businesswoman, like with a briefcase and like the like, Mm -hmm. really cute like suit like walking through like the city of like Chicago like boss babe vibes and then I was like that I feel like would be fulfilling for like a second or if like I did a photo shoot like that like yeah you want to like like cosplay the corporate baddie you don't want to actually like be that (laughs) no exactly so I'm like that like looks good in like a photo shoot but in my actual life I feel like I would probably wake up in three to six months and be like I actually hate this And Mm -hmm. so I'm so grateful that I had that foresight and that I realized Mm -hmm. at that moment that that was probably what was going to happen. And so then I started really spinning my wheels into motion of like, well if I don't want to do that, then what else could I do? And what I really wanted to do was to go back to Spain. And I just felt like I wasn't done. I felt like I wasn't done traveling. I wasn't done. I I wasn't fully fluent yet. I had made so much Mm -hmm. progress, but just the four months just like wasn't enough. I needed more. And I wanted to date this guy. Like I just wanted to date him from the same city. And I wanted to have like this European love affair, like experience of life when I was 22 and had nothing to lose. You needed to see that whole thing through. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I, what I did. I, you know, I, I went through the process of like, you know, I finished my senior year at school and I went through the whole like thing of applying to jobs and interviewing and I got offered a job in Chicago and I really actually considered it because then at that moment I was like in my ego of like, wow, that feels really good to be like offered right Mm. there at the table, handshake. We've never had an interview like this before. Like we don't offer things to people like at the Mm. table, but like we're so sure about you. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm amazing. And then I was like, wait, okay, come back to center. What do you actually want? Are you going to feel like fulfilled in six months? And the answer was still no. And so I declined that job and I uh, applied for these programs to teach English abroad. And I got a student visa and I moved to Spain with two suitcases. And I was like, here we go. Like (laughs) let the chips fall where they may. Like I guess I'll figure it out. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that was that. I think that attitude
1: of like, I'll figure it out is everything. Like, I don't know what five steps ahead is. I don't know what three steps ahead is. I know like this is my next best step. And then from there, I just like trust myself to figure it out. Like that is everything.
0: Yeah. And at the time, I had no plans of like starting my own business or doing entrepreneurship in any way, really. So I had Mm -hmm. no way of knowing how much that would really serve me. But that is everything in business of being able to take step Mm -hmm. one before you can see step two and step three and trust that like by doing Mm -hmm. step one, those next steps will reveal themselves. So that was like huge. But at the time of moving abroad, I like still was very much in my like self-discovery era. And then once I got there, that's when – my whole like journey into personal development began because I was Mm -hmm. like I really want to find myself and I want to stop like struggling with body image and I want to just really be like anchored in who I am and love myself and so I went on that path that you know you do you listen to one podcast and it leads to 25 and then you read all the books and (laughs) then you're obsessed and then you're certified and then you're a yoga teacher and then you're doing all the things and you're like okay I'm a coach now (laughs) and so that's kind of how that went. (laughs) Okay,
1: amazing. You just went down the the rabbit hole of like personal development, and one thing led to the next, and now you're a coach.
0: That's it. That's the short version, yeah. yes,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that's like honestly eleven times out of ten, like everyone who is a coach, a thought leader, a podcaster, a content creator, whatever your thing is that you teach on or whatever you're helping other people with comes from your own journey, right? And the lessons that you had to have and the struggles that you had to overcome and like your own journey is your best teacher, like your best. There's no certification. There's no textbook. There's no course you could take that brings you to that depth and that like embodiment that you get from your own journey. And so that's that's like how it always is, right? Like you experience the thing and then you start teaching it to other people. So. When you decided I need to like figure out who I am, what I'm doing, like you and on that soul searching mission, Mm -hmm. were you already spiritually awake? Were you leaning into the spiritual stuff? Were you woo? Were you woo curious? Were you not spiritual at all? Or like, how did that, what was the entry point to that aspect? Because I know that's a huge part of what you do now.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think I would say that I was Maybe like woo curious. We'll go. Yeah. We'll, we'll call it that. Okay. So I had like when I was growing up, I didn't really grow up in like a religious family by any means. Like my family was Christian by definition but like we weren't like a family that was like church every sunday and like mm-hmm. very like you know pray every night before bed like although i did do those things sometimes like as a kid and growing up but it wasn't like how it is for some people where it's like that's the foundation that they're yeah. built with so but then as i got older i also have this very like logical side to me where i then started to question like you know how does the world actually work and and is god real and what does all this mean and I didn't really have the answers. So I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I believe. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to study abroad, actually, it was interesting like living in a traditionally like Catholic country mm-hmm. and even traveling to places like Italy and Greece and just seeing how, you know, religion is a huge foundation of a lot of those countries that are so much older than America yeah. is and just kind of like witnessing their reverence for tradition and for religion and for things like that. And it made me curious. And so my, my senior year of college, I was kind of like spiritually curious in the way of like wanting to understand Like if there was a way to believe in God, but to not feel like cheesy doing so, Mm. (laughs) hopefully Mm -hmm. no one's offended by that. So I was like, I found these like, I found like this pastor that who's actually based in Miami now. And I actually go to that church sometimes, but he was like doing things with like Justin Bieber and like Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. I was trying to find like the pop culture, like real world, like present day, like give me some real shit. Like I know you're a pastor, yeah. but like talk to me like I'm a person of this century type stuff. Yeah. So I was curious yeah. in that way. I was like finding people that were speaking in like a, a present day way about faith. And I, I read a few books about like certain spiritual things where like people could like connect to people that have crossed over or like a child mm-hmm. who had like memories of a past life. And so I think I was, yeah, I was spiritually curious in that way, but I had no language around like manifestation or the universe or any of those things yet. That all happened later after I moved to Spain and like went deeper into the personal development dive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amazing.
1: So then how do we end up as like a certified past life regression practitioner? Cause I feel like that's quite deep into like the woo spectrum. There's still more like infinite levels, but I feel like for you to get certified in something like that, like you have to really be committed and like confident in your spirituality.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that ever like really – blew me away or like changed my life in some profound way was like the law of attraction. And so my Mm -hmm. journey like into like the deeper spirituality like started with that. It started with going, Mm -hmm. holy shit, that's so fucking crazy. But like what if I just believed that that was real? Like Mm -hmm. all these stories of like the secret and like that stuff. I was like, oh my God. Like I don't know if that's real, but, like, what if it just was? And, like, what if I just chose to believe that, like, it was? And, like, what if something like that could happen for me? And so I think Mm -hmm. that, like, law of attraction was really, like, the gateway to, like, the deeper, like, the the deeper I feel like the secret
1: was the gateway for, like, our entire generation. (laughs) Like, I remember finding the secret. I think I was in, like, high school for the first time and I didn't really go into it. But then once I finally was ready to go into it, like, that was the first entry point that, like, blew my mind. Yeah.
0: So yeah. the manifestation thing, I was like, oh my God, this is working. This is so crazy. My life is changing. I'm choosing my thoughts. I'm affirming and it's happening and I'm feeling better. And I'm I'm suddenly – I quit the gym for seven months at one point and I lost all the weight that I've been trying to lose for two years. Yeah. And it was, it was all because of like the beliefs and the stories that I was telling myself and the new image that I created. And so I was really mm-hmm. seeing how that was reflected in my life. And the more belief that you create around something, the deeper that you want to go or that you're willing to mm-hmm. go, right? And mm-hmm. so then that kind of i think the next level of that was i really wanted to get my yoga teaching certification and just go deeper into the realms of like mindfulness and meditation and really understanding like the history of like yoga and reading the bhagavad gita and and all of that mm. stuff so there was that element of like spiritual development for me and then after that i got introduced to hypnotherapy and mm. I had a friend in the space who was talking about like this past life regression thing and I got connected with a hypnotherapist who who does that and I was like, wow, that would be so crazy. Like what if I really could connect with my past life? Again, just taking that idea of like, I don't know if this is real, but what if it was? And what if I just tried it on for size and chose to believe that it was and like to see what would happen and having that like open curiosity. And so I did a past life regression for myself and my intention with that was really to kind of open the doors to heal the fear of death Mm. because I had a – yeah, I think that was like always has been the biggest fear for me was Mm -hmm. dying or not getting the chance to live fully or dying with Mm -hmm. regret. I would have like nightmares about like dying in some ways and or people in my life dying even just like Mm -hmm. not only the death of myself but like the death of like people around me that was my intention with doing the past life regression was can I get closer to this experience of death and be okay and maybe create a bridge between where I am and you know the understanding of like something what happens when you cross over or if I actually believed that like my soul was ever evolving and just you know it once it's done in this body, it will continue in another one. Would that then be nurturing for me and Mm -hmm. create less fear in this lifetime if I really believe that I would go on forever? So that Mm -hmm. was what I wanted to explore with that. And it was, you know, of course, crazy and mind blowing. And I saw multiple past lives. And then I was like, this would be so dope if I could give this to people. And if I could like, cause I was already a coach at that point and I was working with, I was really in like the life coaching and manifestation Place and a lot of my clients were also spiritually curious. And so I just wanted to like go deeper with that and get certified so that I could offer that gift to other people. Mm -hmm.
1: So then, when you do a past life regression, I've yet to do one. I'm like really intrigued by it. I haven't done one yet. I love that you went in with an intention because I think that's what I've been missing of like, I want to do it, but it doesn't feel right to just do it to check a box. You know what I mean? So to have an intention, I think I, I like. The way that you approached it and that would make me feel just grounded like in a practice like that because I feel like if you go
0: in just no sense of direction that could fuck you up maybe so like I think it's good to have an intention or like a reason for why you're doing it rather than just like it being like oh everybody's doing it or like I want to yeah. do it so that I can say that I've done it but at the same time it is true with past life regressions that like you don't want to – because some people have like an expectation. Like they have a feeling mm. about something that they must have done or that mm. must have happened to them or, or who they must have been in a past life. And that's what you don't want to go in with is like, yeah. I'm going to find myself as a mermaid.
1: like <laughs> Yeah. Or like I was a queen of, of a kingdom, like long forgot – like you romanticize this whole
0: story or like – Yeah. And then you were a peasant and then you're really sad about that. <laughs> or you're just like – what you do, what what happens if you really are set on finding a specific set of information or like a specific past life, is you just close your subconscious mind off from from being mm-hmm. able to actually fully open to the experience, so you don't get to mm-hmm. choose what past life you're going to be shown. It's likely that you have dozens, if not hundreds or thousands of past lives at this point, depending Mm. on how old your soul is. But on any given past life regression, your subconscious mind is going to guide the experience for you. And it's only going to open the door that is most useful to you that day at that time for what you need. And so you actually have to be in the surrendered state of take me where I need to go instead of I must find myself as the queen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So in your first experience, can you give us like an anecdote or a story of what you discovered to just help people kind of visualize like
0: what it means to do a past life regression? I mean, something interesting that I've noticed in my own journey with PLRs is every time, no matter what, no matter where I go, no matter where I journey to, I always at some point in the regression, see myself as a mother. Mm. And I think that's really interesting. And it's been at different points and different time periods. Like I've seen myself as the mother to an adult son who's like going off to war, which kind of felt like Mm. 50s, 60s vibes like in America, just based on like the surroundings and some of the cars and and different things that that I saw around me at that time. But I've also seen myself actually like in labor, in like – I never know how to describe like – Kind of like a like old England sort of like I had Mm -hmm. like maids around me like I was Mm -hmm. in like this big like bed I don't know if I was like a queen or royalty of of some sort if I was a duchess if I was a princess but I was in this room and you know it was very like natural labor because it was long long ago and I had these like like maids around me they were all wearing like the corsets and like the big dresses Mm -hmm. but they were helping me like give birth to this baby. But so there's been various instances and time periods, but like, I've always seen myself as a mother. And I think that's like an interesting part of like my soul's journey. Also anybody who like follows astrology, which I'm not an astrologer and I'm not an expert at all, but I just love to like dabble with these things Mm -hmm. and I find them very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm also a cancer moon, which is the mother. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's something interesting for people like in terms of PLRs, but everyone finds something different. And like I've also seen myself as a man and you can see yourself as a different gender or sex in a past life as well. Mm -hmm. And like most of the time, what you're going to find is some sort of information that allows you to learn something about who you are today. And so that's why it's Mm -hmm. called like this PLR therapy is the therapeutic yeah. element is that we are healing things from the past. We get to feel them in our bodies, right? You, you witness mm-hmm. the experience in such a way that it feels so real. And so oftentimes it is emotional. There can be tears, there can be laughter, there can be smiles, but like you feel the feelings. And so by feeling it, you heal whatever was maybe like unfelt or unfinished in a past life. Mm -hmm. And at the same time you learn something about your soul's journey and about who you came to be in this life. And I think that's why yeah. most people do it. In addition to just the the curiosity of like being yeah. spiritually curious and wanting to know, but also like, how can I learn more about who I've been so mm-hmm. that I'm more firm in who I am?
1: Yeah. Cause if we're souls, like infinite, endless souls, having a human experience, it only makes sense that we, our souls take past experiences, past lives, past trauma anything into the body that we're in now, even if we're not conscious of it all the time, or if we can only make ourselves conscious doing like a past life regression or something, but that makes complete sense that it would still have an impact on us, even if we're not conscious of it. Yeah. It's a really cool tool. Very cool. I'm going to need to explore that. For sure. I'll report back. I'll report (laughs) back how it goes and what I find. But very cool. And something I wanted to actually like rewind into with your origin story is something that you talk a lot about is the true cost of alignment and like how there are consequences in becoming who we're meant to be and like taking our own path. And so I want you to say a little bit more about that and maybe talk about some of the consequences that you've had to face as part of your journey because I think people are so often afraid to like forge their own path or challenge the status quo or do something different than what society expects because of the consequences they know would happen right of people doubting them or possibly failing or things like that but there's also those unseen consequences or like the cost of alignment and the cost of really doing your own thing. So I would love for you to expand on that and maybe give people permission that like there is a cost, but it's worth it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love this concept. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with this silently or they think that there's something wrong with the way that they're doing things if they are facing some of these consequences. So that's why I like to have this conversation just so that people can feel like less alone and like, Mm -hmm. why am I losing friends as I become more successful? Or Mm. why are people like treating me differently or stepping away from my life or why do i feel like i want to let go of these people or that like mm-hmm. everyone in my life is suddenly now like i look around and i'm like wait i don't feel like my friend group is really aligned and how did this happen and maybe it's my fault and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so i think the speaking about what the cost of alignment really is is that the more that you step into who you came into this world to be naturally the things that were a match for your past versions of yourself are no Mm -hmm. longer going to be a match, right? And so most of the time this conversation is about relationships. It's whether they're romantic Mm -hmm. relationships or friendships or family members or things like that. It's just kind of reaching that place where you realize that we've been sold this story our entire lives that like you are a good person if you can keep friends forever, and like, that's mm. what like goodness is sold. Like you, you can tell, oh, someone's a great person because like they've had the same group of friends forever, which, you know, mm-hmm. okay, yes, there is value in maintaining relationships for long periods of time. Cause it means that you can go through the ebbs and flows of life and still be able to support people and have them support you and all that stuff. There's value in having long-term relationships in your life. However, I think we've taken it a little too far in terms of making that mean that all of our relationships have to be like long-term in our life Mm -hmm. and actually not being able to have the emotional capacity to let go of people that are no longer aligned with us or that we've outgrown in some way. Mm -hmm. And that is the cost of alignment. It's the deeper that you move into your purpose, the deeper that you move into your evolution of actually becoming the person that you were meant to be and experiencing that metamorphosis, you are now going to be different. You're going to be new. Your thoughts are going to be new. Your actions are going to be new. Your interests are going to be new. What you care about is new. Your values are new. Everything is new. So why would all of the old things that were connected with that past version of you still make sense for you to hold on to? Some of them will, mm-hmm. but some of them won't naturally just some of them will not align anymore. And so it's having the strength to be able to not make yourself wrong for that being Mm. something that's going on in your life and being able to let go of those things or those people or those relationships and not make it mean anything. You know, I think people Mm. really struggle with like letting go of friendships. And for me, like I'm, I'm just, I'm not the person that has 85 friends, Mm -hmm. like straight up, like i have very few friends like it's a it's a small group of people and a lot of them are newer people like my closest friends today are like newer people in my lives because i've met them at this level in this yeah. current version of who i am they match my interests they match my energy they maybe are also coaches entrepreneurs they understand my journey they understand my mm-hmm. career choice so naturally, there's an alignment there, and there's a deep connection. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I don't have any of my old friends. I still love a lot of my old friends dearly. But there's also a lot of those people that I don't speak to anymore, and I and, mm-hmm. I, and I probably never will. And it's not because I hate them or there's any like bad blood, mm-hmm. but it's just that we're not on the same wavelength anymore. And it's kind of like that cheesy yeah. saying where it's like people come into your life for a, a reason, a season, a reason, or a lifetime, mm-hmm. and it's like actually applying that like that's not just for for romantic relationships it's It's not like like also or like
1: a pinterest quote like that is a very real thing to like practice
0: yeah. Like some people come into your life for a reason. They teach you a lesson. You grow with mm-hmm. them or you learn something about yourself or you learn a hard lesson with them and that was – they served that purpose. Mm-hmm. Some people come into your life for a season and maybe you're best friends with them and you grow so much and you heal the sisterhood wound or you like do something incredible together or you just foster this amazing relationship and have all these memories and beautiful experiences. But then maybe you grow apart and you just grow in mm-hmm. separate directions and it's, it's not in alignment anymore for you to like try and hang on to like be my best friend and let's talk every week, even though it feels forced. Mm -hmm. And it's like Mm -hmm. that purpose that we served in each other's lives is complete. And if it's complete, we can both let go with peace and joy and love and keep moving it deeper Mm -hmm. into our own evolution.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that you said not make it mean something bad or make it mean something wrong. If you grow apart from someone or if you don't, you discontinue a relationship. That is something that I struggled with for quite a while because I still see now the people like I went to high school with or college with like they're back in Minnesota and like a lot of them are still friends. A lot of them are in each other's bridal parties. A lot of them are like still seeing each other on the holidays. And I Don't remember the last time I talked to someone from high school. And so I look back and I'm like, ooh, like, did I miss something by not staying in touch with these people? Did I miss something by immediately leaving my hometown as soon as I could? Like, did I, am I missing out on something really important? But it's so true that I grew in like a a completely different direction than like a lot of those people. A lot of those people are also intentionally having children right now and like I'm not there. Like there are so many things that make us different and our paths ended up being so separate that it does not make sense for me to try to force myself to stay in touch with them or be friends with them or invite them to my wedding like just for the sake of having these lifelong friendships that like get super romanticized and so many of the friends I've met through entrepreneurship or through riding horses which is like my other big passion like my connection with those people feels so much deeper than a connection i had with someone from high school ever did cuz i know mm-hmm. myself deeper and we know our values deeper and we are more self-aware and more spiritual and more connected and so like everything feels deeper even with a shorter amount of time and so i want to like reiterate what you said about not making it mean something about you or mean something bad if friendships end, or if you don't have those like lifelong friendships, I think it's completely normal as you're in your twenties and your thirties or any sort of like personal development journey for things to come to natural ends and that it it's just growth. It's not a failure or that you should be still connected to people that, yeah. that you aren't connected with.
0: Yeah. Our, our stories are like so similar. I'm realizing now, which is so funny. Like we Mm -hmm. both just like peaced out of our like snowy cold hometowns. And like, I'm also from a place where like a lot of people just stay, they stay there and Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's again, it's not, they're so happy. Yeah. It's not making it mean anything about me and it's not making it mean anything about them. Like they get to choose their version of joy. And if that Mm -hmm. is what it is, then like that works for them. But I do like, also like to offer this perspective, which is a lot of times when you think about these like groups of people that have always been in the same place for their entire life, because a lot of times it is sort of that group that makes us then feel guilty when Mm -hmm. there's like this like click of like people that like they never left. So of course they're still close, right? And that's Mm -hmm. great for them. But I've also noticed like – If you look at those people, you can see very clearly why it would be easy for them to all still be friends because Mm -hmm. it's so convenient. Like they've Mm -hmm. never had to stretch themselves as an adult to go out into the world and go, wow, I need to like find some new friends because I like don't know Mm -hmm. anybody here. But that's a valuable experience of getting outside of your hometown going somewhere you've never been before and looking around and going, I'm literally alone here. Like, what am I going to do? Let me stretch myself. Let me meet the edges of my comfort zone. Okay, I have to meet people. I got to find people that are aligned with me. Like that grows you in ways that are, you can't even put a price tag on. And so a lot of Mm -hmm. times it's those people that have never left that it's just convenient and easy for them to stay with the same group of friends that maybe then start to judge the person that deviated. And so I think Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, women talk about like, what if, what if it's not just like this natural falling out sort of thing where we've grown in different directions, but there's mutual respect and love. But like, what if there's actually this like cattiness element to it of like, Mm -hmm. they're judging me or they're saying things about me. Or I, I I hear through the grapevine from other people that they're like talking about like, Oh, what does she think she's doing? She's like, thinks she's like an influencer now. Or like, she's Mm off to, uh, she's too cool for us. Like that sort of vibe. Mm -hmm. And so when it is those groups of people, it's remembering that they have not put themselves in environments where they've been forced to grow. And so they Mm -hmm. get to stay with the other people that also have not put themselves in environments and forced themselves to grow. So of course they are still aligned. Of course they'll still Mm -hmm. have the same conversations. Of course they'll still watch the same shows and the same drama will be interesting to them. But if you're Mm -hmm. a person that is going out and living in different cities or countries and meeting new people and – quitting your job or starting a business of your own or putting yourself out there on the internet or doing all these things that entrepreneurship requires of you, you are going to grow at a rate mm-hmm. which is just so incomparable to those people. Mm-hmm. So of course, mm-hmm. of course, it's you guys aren't aligned to to be friends anymore. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like,
1: I, I go back to my hometown sometimes and like in the holidays, there are certain people where you know, we'll grab a coffee, we'll catch up. But it's like, what do we even talk about now? Like we don't even have anything to talk about. And it it just always reaffirms that like we are living such different experiences and they're – and like I want to reiterate, this is not that our way is better than their way or we're cool and they're losers or anything like that. They're having their experience. We're having our experience but it just always reaffirms like i'm so happy on the path that i'm on and by choosing differently you will have such a different perspective on life and it's okay if you don't feel connected to who you used to connect with like that is just completely normal and like to be expected and it's a sign of your growth more than anything like you you outgrew that environment and you can seek deeper more meaningful friendships even if they're newer. So th- this was not on our list of things to talk about but I'm glad we did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day it comes down to values, right? So if if mm-hmm. growth is a huge value for you, then you're going to seek those experiences and those types of people and that's going to dictate who like is in most alignment with you. And mm-hmm. someone else's values could be like Family and like you know community and like living in a place that they've known their whole life and those mm-hmm. are beautiful for them too and that's what makes them happy so it's it's not bad on either end it's just like following your values and like your values mm-hmm. differ now mm-hmm.
1: yeah absolutely so I want to go into a little bit of a deeper conversation around business and this actually is around values as well but since you have gone. To increasing levels of of depth with like your spirituality, with manifestation, with even astrology? What have you seen to be the difference between building a business with those principles and with spirituality and with alignment and that like the feminine embodiment? What is the difference between building a business with all of that in mind versus without? And maybe you're just pure strategy,
0: pure logic. What is the difference? for me, the difference would be my sanity <laughs> and my joy. <laughs> but we'll unpack that a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's interesting because there was like the early, early phase of online business was very much that like hyper-masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Like even Because before- that's what was
1: available, right? Like that was the content. That was who was writing books. That's who was doing podcasts. Like it was the bro marketer guys, basically. <laughs>
0: Yes, exactly. So like before this like age of, you know, personal development and spirituality and all of these like female coaches rising, it Mm – like the personal development space was very much like led by men and the masculine energy. Like the motivational speakers – were dudes. And it was usually like mm-hmm. military dudes or like, you know, really like workout. Here's like my beefy. biohacked 37 step morning
1: routine to optimize my performance. I'm like, yeah. Like the, I'm oh, tired geez, even
0: <laughs> Like even, even, even like, well, Tony Robbins is like very much so in like the spiritual realm now. But even when you think about like characters, like Tony Robbins and like Ed Milette and some of those like mm-hmm. older guys that were very much like Do it and get out there. Your goals are, you have to go after (laughs) them. No one's going to do it for you. And wake up at 5 a.m. Like that was very much like the energy. Okay. So that's like the hyper masculine, Mm -hmm. which is like strategy, figure it out. You're the boss. No one's going to do it for you. It's all up to you. Be hungry. Get out there. Call everybody. Talk to everybody. Cold calls, like Facebook ads, like put your stuff out there. There's that version of building business. And then collectively, I think like the, Overall consciousness swung way over into the feminine side, where then we saw this like rise of all these female coaches that were really speaking about like the law of attraction and manifestation and and the importance of mindfulness and like mental health and mm-hmm. energetics and Reiki and all of these sort of like healing modalities. and it was very much this like still empowered but like softer kind of way of approaching Chloe. yes, He's, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I think that was really attractive to a lot of people who were like tired from mm-hmm. the, like, the oh, I don't have to kill myself to have a
1: business? I like yeah. that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But then what I feel now, especially like in 2023, I'm feeling this so much. There's a lot of women that were over in that like hyper mm-hmm. feminine space that are actually now ready to come back and like mm-hmm. integrate both. Yes, and. Yeah. And find themselves in a place of balance. And so I always look at Mm -hmm. like masculine and feminine energetics as like this pendulum that swings. And so naturally you may have experienced this in your life with dieting or working out or- building your business or like it could be something different for you. But like we usually find some way to go way hard over into like one of the extremes. So for Mm -hmm. me, it was like way hard over into the masculine, right? Of like Mm -hmm. building my business and like I'm going to make it all happen, like push, force, hustle, like long hours, do all the things. Like there's no excuses. Like I'm going to make this happen. And then what naturally happens when you let go of that pendulum, if you're all the way over onto this like right side in the masculine, Mm -hmm. you let that go, where is it going to swing? It doesn't drop down into the middle and you suddenly find balance. First, you have to swing all the way over and do a hard left into like Mm -hmm. the feminine, which is like, I'm just going to let everything flow and like everything's going to come to me and I'm going to become this like magnet for good things and just rest and relaxation and restore and letting go and all of that. And then eventually that becomes chaotic in and of itself because the shadow side Mm -hmm. of the feminine energy is chaos, which is like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. like – I'm doing all these things that I technically love, but I'm not fulfilled because it Mm -hmm. isn't actually working. they are not like grounded in anything. Yeah. There's no direction to it. That's the thing is it's like, yeah, you're doing all these like practices that like feel good as like a standalone thing, but collectively there's Mm no larger purpose or momentum, like moving you towards like who you're meant to be or making money. Even like people go over on that side and they're like, okay, this is great. But like, and now I'm not getting clients or like I'm not making money.
1: Yeah. And so
0: then it's it's about like this, you know, coming back to the, the center line. Again, if we go back to the metaphor of the pendulum, it's like you swing so many times like back and forth that then you find this like gentle dipping mm-hmm. in and out kind of place where you're just in both and mm. both are working together in your life and in your business to create ultimate harmony and fulfillment. And so mm. I think that's the biggest difference to your point, is if you are all the way over on the masculine side, you're probably going to get a lot of things done. You're going to make progress and you're going to see that, like, wow, okay, this is working. But that only works so far. Fu- that can only take you so far. Right. It's like running a marathon. And if your goal is to finish the race, you can't jump out of the gate, like sprinting as fast as you can and expect to mm-hmm. make it to the end of that finish line. And that's what running a business in hypermasculine is. It's trying to get through an entire marathon, sprinting at your fastest pace, from moment 0. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what ends up happening for people when they run a business in that way is that they don't actually cross the finish line. Maybe they give up on their business or they burn out or they have to take years off yeah. or they disappear from the internet. Who's ever seen that before? Mm-hmm. Right? Shocker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it implodes. And so I think this like this this feminine element, this spiritual element, it's not at all to dismiss it. I actually think that it's so important and we need it in order to create a thriving business as much as we need the masculine. Both are good. And I think that's a problem in this conversation is we tend to demonize one of these energies, whichever one we feel that we have too much of. We're then like, oh, I'm too in my masculine or I'm too in my feminine or like, "Mm." and then we create this story about how that's bad for us. And what I like to work with clients on is reminding them that both of those energies are actually really important. They're really sacred. They're really, really valuable. And you actually need both. So Mm -hmm. it's not about saying that one is bad or wrong or that you have too much. It's just, how can we find that like center point where you're dipping in and out and not way over on one side?
1: Yeah. I, the, the secret, the like magic bullet that everyone's looking for is not cannot be one thing, it's literally figuring out where your natural sweet spot is of how do I integrate the masculine, how do I use the masculine to execute and get shit done, and be strategic and be intentional. Like, how do I pull from that when it makes sense? And same thing with the feminine, like, when do I dip into the feminine? What practices do I use to do that, and how do I integrate what I need from? each and like that's the secret but people don't like that answer because it's complicated and unique to each person and there's no like one prescription of this is this is how you integrate it this is how you perfectly balance both like it has to be unique to the person I think it also ebbs and flows like you said that gentle swinging of the pendulum like you can't really expect to ever just hang in the middle, like like s- still, right? There's always going to be mm. times where like dipping between them. And yeah. so I think that like maybe people just don't even en- engage or try to figure out like what their gentle like ebb and flow is because it's messy and there's no clear cut answer or what is your experience with that?
0: I think sometimes our idea of what balance would be is also distorted. And like, so Mm. to your point, I think a lot of people are like, well, how can I be 50% feminine energy and 50% masculine energy? And the reality of that is that for you, it may be like more of like a 70, 30 vibe Mm -hmm. because you have a natural core energy. And Mm -hmm. like, I know that I have a feminine core, but when I go into stress My natural default autopilot mode is masculine energy. So if something Mm -hmm. is not working in my business, and this is like valuable for anyone to kind of like assess for themselves right now. It's like something's not working in your business, what – is your default like programming going to send you into? Is it going to send you Mm -hmm. into like overdrive of like, well, let me fix it and I can solve the problem and I'll just, you know, create a whole new thing and like rework this launch or like I'll get more people to buy or I'll find another way to make money. Does it go into the masculine like problem solving mode, like logic, like fix it, I'm going to make it right? Or does it naturally go into the feminine, which is the kind of like avoidance. It's a little bit of like the Mm -hmm. victimhood of like okay, well, maybe I just need to sit with myself. And mm-hmm. maybe I need to like just process like what this means or like what what is the message that's meant to come through from this. And let me take a step back and like actually get away from the problem, like create space between me and the problem. And so that's another way of mm-hmm. looking at it is like the masculine energy leans in. When there is an mm-hmm. issue, it's like, bam, okay, I'm leaning in, I'm ready to go fix it. The feminine energy, when there's like a problem in business, I feel kind of like leans out a little bit. And it's not always mm. necessarily negative, but it's just like, okay, let me take a step back and like assess. Mm right? And like Mm -hmm. feel into it and like process. Whereas the masculine Mm -hmm. is really quick to like just jump in and problem solve. Mm -hmm. So I know like I'm a feminine core being, but like my default mode, especially in business, if there's a problem or something goes wrong, is going to be to go into my masculine. And so Mm -hmm. naturally, like I take a lot of those masculine elements into my business. And I would say that my business is probably – like 60% masculine and like 40% feminine energetics. And for me, that feels like my balance, but it's not Mm -hmm. 50-50, right? So I like a lot of the organization. I like the systems. I like the structure. I like knowing how to rinse and repeat things. I like SOPs. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff is Mm -hmm. like very me, but also I'm going to integrate these spiritual aspects of manifestation and mindfulness and even things like past life regression and doing like the inner work and rewiring limiting beliefs and things like that. But just moving through this like distorted idea that like your version of like being balanced in masculine and feminine energy is going to look the same as it does for me or look like how it does for Marie in her business and actually just not making it wrong. I think that's mm-hmm. what most people are doing is like they're, th- whatever is happening, maybe you're actually already balanced for yeah. you, but you're just yeah. making it wrong. So you're telling yeah. yourself this is not balanced enough. Or you're again, Mm -hmm. like I said, demonizing that part of you. Whatever energy you feel like you have more of, you're you feel like it's too much still. And so you've created Mm -hmm. this story that, like, you're what is actually balanced for you. Objectively, you're creating the story that it's wrong, and so then you're trying to fix it. Right. I think I think that's true for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, for sure. Based on the comparison of what they perceive other people are doing, which might not even be what they're actually doing. We all know social media is like not grounded in reality oftentimes. But I also think that when people have been too hard into the masculine and burnout, they think that their burnout is them being in their feminine energy, which is not the same thing because we know that symptoms of burnout are apathy, depersonalization, loss of interest. And so they're like, no, I'm just... I'm just chilling and resting and like calling things in, but they're actually just burnt out from being so hard in their masculine. And so can you give some more like practical, I think people who are more in their masculine historically, like that's easy to understand because it's around doing and strategy and logic and structure. And so the feminine feels very foreign and ambiguous. So can you give us some examples of on a maybe daily, weekly or monthly basis, like What are you or your clients doing that integrates the feminine? Like you talked about manifestation. Does that mean you have a daily practice? Or does that mean when you're doing your sales planning, there's some sort of manifestation associated with it? Like what does that look like from a practical standpoint so people can wrap their heads around an example?
0: Not that they should copy and paste what you do, but an example. Okay. I love this question and I'm going to give you some examples, but the caveat is... As women who have like strong masculine energy, or we've utilized that in our business thus far, and we're trying to understand okay, how can I integrate more feminine energy? We try to get ourselves into the feminine through the masculine. Doing meaning, stuff, yeah. Yes. What, meaning. what can I do to be yeah, in my feminine? Exactly. Energy? You're like so like- practical. Give me some, give me a list. Give me yeah. like tell me what to do on a weekly, monthly basis. It's like that's yeah. all a very masculine way to approach trying to embody Mm -hmm. the feminine. And so Mm -hmm. I I think that's why it's frustrating for people because they're like, okay, well, just tell me what to do. Like, Mm -hmm. right. And it's like, well, I can't tell you what to do. And, but I, what I can do is I can give you a a deeper understanding of what it might mean for you. When I think about how feminine energy plays a role in my business, feminine energy is who I am being all the time. Mm -hmm. The masculine is how I do things, right? So masculine Mm -hmm. energy is doing, feminine energy is being. Although you might be being also in your masculine, which is where then you can Mm -hmm. course correct and try to like embody that sort of like being in your feminine energy, right? So I don't actually have to do any specific action steps or practices on a weekly, monthly basis to integrate the feminine energy because the feminine energy is who I am. It's who I'm being Mm -hmm. all the time. It's my belief systems. It's how I talk to myself. It's my connection with spirit or the divine. It's me praying. It's meditating. It's me believing that things will work out. It's me continuously telling myself everything is happening for me. Everything will work out for my highest good. It's me you know, writing affirmations. It's that more like spiritual, all-knowing sort of being creative side of me. And Mm -hmm. I don't really have to try to create that. It's just who I am.
1: Yeah. It's like a level of softness and surrender without just being like a corpse and letting your business happen to you.
0: Yes. So the example that I love to give is like, this is a good illustration for people is like, okay, you have a glass of water and the glass is the masculine energy. So it's holding Mm -hmm. the water, so you you need if you want to drink the water you need the glass you need the structure you need the plan mm. you need the scaffolding right And then the water is the feminine energy but mm. if you take the glass away the water is literally just like a mess all over the floor like you can't yeah. really do anything with it or use it for anything. And it's flowy and it's great, but like it's mm. not actually serving a purpose because it doesn't have a container to exist in, right? Mm. But if you yeah. have your glass and you're all masculine energy, but there's no water inside, so you have all kinds of structure and plans and goals and ambitions, but there's no water, what that means is that your your life is exactly like the glass, it's empty, there's no joy. Mm. There's no pleasure. There's no fun. There's no actual fulfillment. So that's also trash. So one without <laughs> the other is both just like a recipe for like n- not fully enjoying your life to the extent mm-hmm. at which it could be enjoyed. And so I love that analogy.
1: I think yeah. that might be
0: like the best
1: analogy I've ever heard for like feminine masculine energy. That's Let's so go.
0: Good. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. And so you can think about it in that way, right? Of like, to to your point, you're like, instead of just being a corpse and like floating around in like this chaotic feminine of like, oh, I hope things work out and I magnetize stuff. It's like, yeah, well, in that case, you're the water on the floor. So because you Mm -hmm. don't have a structure, because you don't have a system, because you don't have a plan, because you haven't set any goals, even though you might be like thinking positively and manifesting and dancing every day and being really in this femme energy you're not making progress towards mm-hmm. your like the things in your business to reach mm-hmm. your full potential as an individual as a powerful woman because you are the water without the glass
1: mhm and it's just i the parallel with like manifestation as well where people mistake manifestation for just thinking the right thoughts and waiting for stuff to come to you and they're missing the aligned action piece which is so important and so I think that's a huge mirror or a parallel between masculine and feminine and like manifestation and actually making shit happen, taking the aligned action. Like you have to have both to get what you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like for someone that's really in their masculine, they could of course – benefit from believing that there's something bigger out there that can help serve their business goals and creating that like trust with the universe, God, something beyond themselves and not relying on it's all up to me because that's what burns Mm. out the masculine. Mm -hmm. And then for someone that's like really in their feminine energy and is so in the beliefs and really has the faith and is connected to spirit and is thinking positively and like has that beautiful pure feminine energy, they could benefit from, you know, not not feeling like masculine energy or structure is scary or boring or bad, but that it actually serves to empower them to reach their full potential and integrating Mm -hmm. some of that like goal setting and systems.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. So good. So I want to, before we wrap up, there's one thing that I cannot let us leave without talking about and- It's kind of another along the lines of hard stuff in business. I loved your Instagram post where you said that it was way harder to go from zero to 100K in your business versus from like 200K to 500K because people do not talk about how hard it is to get that early traction when you're like learning 50 million new skills and testing your resolve and testing your belief in yourself and like hitting all these mindset blocks because it's this giant self-development exercise along the way. Can you say more about that and kind of draw that into this conversation of how do we integrate all of this and know that shit's going to be harder and it's going to feel worse before it gets better and that's like you're doing it right?
0: Yeah. So I actually just had a conversation with a client today who's like approaching her first six figures in business. She's like well on her way. And she was saying to me like, I want to prepare myself for making more money beyond this point because I'm starting Mm -hmm. to get scared that it's going to be this hard every time I want to make another six figures. And like, she kind of was having that fear of like, am I actually ever going to be able to hold a multiple six-figure business or a Mm seven-figure business? Because like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. if it's this hard all the time? like. How or for I, me to double my revenue, I need to work twice as hard or do twice as much. Exactly. Exactly. And so yeah. we were having this conversation, right? And so it was, it was relevant also because of that recent post. And so the, the I like metaphors, if you haven't realized. I was kind of describing this to her in the way of like going from zero to 100K is like building a city from the ground up. It's mm-hmm. like you have to dig so deep. And build this whole foundation. You have to build an entire like drainage system and like all of the buildings and figure out like how all the roads are gonna go and like map out the highways and like all of this stuff. Like it's this huge monumental project, like building a city from the ground up. But going from like a hundred K to like multiple six figures is more like you've already built the city, but now you just have to manage it right? And so there's going to be challenges, of course, and some things are going to go wrong, right? Like a house might burn down over there or like a pipe breaks, like you have to fix something or you're like, oh, this little like town square over here, like not really the vibe anymore. No one's really shopping in these stores. We're going to tear that strip mall down and like build something new over there. Like there's still going to be things that you have to do and manage that are challenging, but it's never going to be as challenging as building the whole city. Mm -hmm. and so I think that's like brings some sense of like peace for anybody that's on this journey where you're like, is it going to be this hard forever? I Mm -hmm. personally believe that it's not going to be that hard forever. I think that it does get easier, not to say that it's easy all the time. Those are two different things. It does get easier in the sense that you've already built this foundation. You've already built Mm -hmm. this loving trusting relationship with your followers or your audience. You've already built relationships. You already have clients. You have social proof. You have testimonials. You have systems that you know work. You have people that are helping you, that you've delegated to, that they know their jobs. They know their position. You have a content strategy that's been working. You know what people want to see from you. You know what you have to give. You have programs that give incredible results. Like All of that is built. So scaling is not the same as building from the ground up.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and I think people often there's a lot of messaging and marketing around creating ease and flow and feminine energy in your business and letting it be easy and all that, which is great. But that's not necessarily a productive conversation for the person that is just starting out because they assume that oh, if it feels hard, I'm doing it wrong.
0: Yeah. Which like oh my god.
1: No, because you're first, you're doing all the shit that you just explained, but you're also learning so many new hard and soft skills. Like, simultaneously, you're on information overload. Even if you have a mentor who can hand you like the blueprint, like, let's say someone joins my online coach Kickstart program, like, I give you the blueprint, but you still have to implement and like learn these systems I'm giving you and learn how to execute a sales conversation. Like, there's still a lot that you have to like build from the ground up just like you said and it's like if it wasn't hard I that like that's more concerning to me that like you're not doing the right stuff if it doesn't feel hard because you're unless you've already grown
0: a business before this is all brand new and so or if it's not if it's not hard it might just be like riding on like you going viral or something and now all of a sudden you have like all these people or like something that's kind of like unsustainable in a sense like true yeah. sustainable growth in business is not lightning speed it's just not. Mm. And I think like that's the stuff that sells and it's really sexy and it's used in marketing and Mm -hmm. it's all, and like, yeah. Okay. So I talk about this a lot. Like I built a six figure business in a year, which is like, Oh, amazing. Like, wow. Speed, all that stuff. What I actually share if you attend that masterclass, what I actually talk about is the entire timeline of all the shit that I had to do before (laughs) that clock even started of day one for that one Mm -hmm. year to even be possible. So mm-hmm. I think people need to understand that. And I I'm really glad that, that we're having this conversation because I've been talking to a lot of my friends who are also coaches and I'm like uh, wanting to rip my hair out about this, like just people like really misunderstanding what it takes to build a business. Mm-hmm. I was even just like, I have mm-hmm. a, I have a, a mastermind group for like early coaches. Again, it's like a blueprint program, right? You learn all the things mm-hmm. to build a business. And so it's really early stages of building their coaching businesses. And one of the girls like had a potential client come to her about one-to-one and, you know, she had like an objection and she was like, and I, you know, I just, like I said, okay, whatever. And because I just, I don't want to have clients where I have to like be on them or like, I want them to like really like want to work Mm -hmm. with me. And I'm like, yes, but like not right now. Like Mm -hmm. that is not the narrative that you get to have because you're not Mm -hmm. at the place Mm -hmm. where you get to say that. And I think it's like, it's not about like a rite of passage or like superiority or anything like that, but it's like when you're building a business, you have to be careful about the advice that you're following. If it's coming from a place of someone who's already running a seven figure business and they're saying, I never have to DM people. Like I'm so hands off. I don't do sales calls. Yeah, exactly. Like Like, I'll never do a sales call, LOL. And it's like demonizing all these things, but you're like just starting your business. So then you're like, Oh my God. Okay. Like shoot, like I should just post. And then like people will buy my stuff. Absolutely not. Like you're going to have to work for those sales, especially the first Mm -hmm. sales. And you actually do have to have conversations about objections and you actually do have Mm -hmm. to get in and get your hands dirty and ask people questions and be willing to have hard conversations. Like you don't have social Mm -hmm. proof. You, no one knows. You yep. don't have a million five-star ratings. You don't have a million testimonials. You don't have a solid personal brand. You don't have a huge following. You don't have the stuff that makes people just click a button and buy. So mm-hmm. you got to get to work, bitch. Like that's just You don't get to skip it right to
1: the flow and the ease and the CEO lifestyle. Like you're not a CEO yet if you don't have the successful business and the team and the systems and the established offers. Like you, go, you don't just get to skip hundred levels. <laughs> yeah. Straight yeah. to the, the 20 hour work week. Like yeah. that and, just
0: doesn't and, happen. And to go back to like the conversation about masculine and feminine energy with this, it's like not saying that you need to be 100% in your masculine and work all the time and like burn yourself out at the beginning of your business or else you're not going to be successful. And then you earn the right to have feminine energy. Yeah. No, there's ways that you can Build your business from the beginning with those feminine Mm -hmm. elements integrated, but you have to be willing to do what is required. That's the main right. It's the
1: expectations around it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also not making it wrong. That shit feels hard when you're starting out. Like it's supposed to be hard, and that's I think why you see a lot fewer people at the multiple six, seven, multiple seven figure level. Like. There's just less people because less people stick with it because it is hard. Like yeah. they just like you said earlier, I have seen so many people come in hot and heavy, like right out of the gates. They are hustling their faces off, they are making shit happen. They are seemingly an overnight success for six months, 12 months, 18 months, and then they fall off the face of the earth, never to be seen again. I've been in this space for literally a decade now. And I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that happen. I'm like, oh my God, how are they doing this? This is really impressive. And then it's like, "Mm," and they're gone (laughs) every time, every time. They were the person that was trying to complete the marathon sprinting at max speed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I'm so glad we fit this into our conversation because it is something that needs to have a lot more visibility in our space and It's kind of an invitation for people to practice that like discernment of like, is this a conversation for me? Is this advice for current me? Or do I maybe need to like tuck this away for later and revisit it once I've like done the foundational stuff? So I'm so glad that we fit that in.
0: And I know that
1: people are now going to be like, okay, where do I get more of Sam? I'm obsessed with her. How do I? binge everything she's ever made. So where do they find you? (laughs) How do they follow you, support you, say thank you for this episode?
0: Because I think we covered so much good stuff. We did. We did. I loved this. This was so good. So yeah, if you guys want to come learn more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Samantha Daily. I also have a podcast. It's called Makeshift Happen. You can find it anywhere that you get podcasts. And my website is samanthadaily.com. If you want to check out more of programs, merch, anything else that you might be interested in, it's all available on my site. Perfect. I am so, so grateful
1: for this conversation. Cannot wait to continue following you, listen to your podcast. So thanks for being here. Yes, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yeah, loved it. Part two, part two needs to happen already. Yeah,
0: let's do, we'll do, it.
1: we'll do part two on my show. Perfect, love it. <laughs> I'm <laughs>